Hello. Back to another episode of Vulnerable Voices. We're going to be discussing in episode number three, Someone Believed in Me. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome to this hot, new, fun, lively podcast with your host and wonderful co-host. That would be EJA and Dr. Paul Miller. And we're just going to dig a little deeper into someone really believed in me. But we want to remind you to always come visit EricaJohnsonAllen.com and... PaulMillerEDD.com. PaulMillerEDD.com. All right. And make sure that you continue to look out for more episodes to come from Vulnerable Voices. So let's begin the conversation, Paul. Let's talk about somebody believed in me. Somebody believed in me. You know, when I think about that, I think about um, times, the most relevant story I have about someone believing me was I remember younger, and I don't even think he knew that he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, and that's what makes it even more powerful. He's passed away ever since, but um, it was my one of my high school football coaches, and so I, I had I had two coaches, and the one coach uh, I won't say his name, um, but I, we didn't get along too much, and so I wasn't feeling them. It was to the point where I was ready to quit playing football, mm-hmm. and so you know I was always good. I wasn't great. But I was good enough to end up uh, playing at, at University of Buffalo, got hurt or whatever. But so I didn't play long. But um, I was so I was good. I wasn't great, but I was exceptionally, you know, I did I, I did well in high school. And so but things weren't going the way I wanted it to. And I was ready to quit. I had enough. You know, I was looking for a way out and I was getting ready to quit. And uh, his name was Trent Jackson. He's also one of my fraternity brothers. You know, I got to uh, <laughs> but. And so, yeah, so he was uh, later on uh, my fraternity brother or whatever. But Trent Jackson was an Olympian. He played in the NFL. Um, He was, uh, you know, this larger than life figure and had a gruff personality, but he always cared about you. And so I remember him looking at me and saying and, you know, just saying what he said. He said, you about to quit. God damn it, son, you can't quit. And, you know, and and then when he said you can't quit like that, but what he also described and what he went into is he was like, have you done everything you could do? So have you bit down on your mouthpiece and and made somebody notice you? Have you laid somebody out to where you don't have uh, uh, where you make a statement so that you show everybody that you're as good as I think you are and that people shouldn't be playing in front of you? And and so if you haven't done that, and you're about to quit, you, mm-hmm. you know you mm-hmm. dumbass, and and you oh you know down south, you know he talked to you Sit like down that. Down south, huh? Okay. Get, get in your face, mm-hmm. spit in your face as he's saying it, and, and you know, but I had to really stop and think about it because I was really done that day, and I had to think about it. I give everything that I gave that I could give, so I came back the next day, and I said, yeah, I was hyped, I was ready. And I remember biting down and I, I literally remember that I, I, I laid somebody, you know, I laid into somebody and, I, you know, and I, I believe I, I clean knocked them off their feet. And then from that point on, like I felt a sense of empowerment and confidence. And every time that I, 
I, I lined up, I had to bring that type of fire to what I do. And it was a story of like perseverance where, but it was so much more than that to me because he believed and he knew that I could do it. It's just whether or not I would do it. And so that perseverance of not giving up. And so, and they say that once you give up, you always give up. So it was just the opposite. So where I, uh, someone believed in me and I persevered through the situation. So now no matter what I face, I have to find a way to persevere through things. And so that was kind of my defining moment of, of making me, I believe, who I am as a leader. When what was yours? Well, um, it wasn't in high school. I mean, I, I think I had, you know, someone along the way that I felt I believed in me, but my first teaching. So I'm at a job fair. I was alternatively certified, right? Because I didn't go to school, remember, to be a teacher. So I am um, at a job fair working on my certification, the last part, but I had to get a job in order to stay in the program. I'm at this huge job fair. I see a friend of mine who is a current teacher. She says, Erica, go to any table in here. Just don't go to that one. So I look, why not go to that one? Well, you do not want to work for her. Those were her words. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I go to the table, have a short interview. We're talking, a little short woman, and she had her assistant principal with her. She interviewed me. She asked me um, just a couple questions. Of course, you know, basic information. And then she asked me why I wanted to teach. I gave her my answer and she said, I don't need to ask you anything else. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess my answer was wrong, right? So talk to the assistant principal, have a conversation. He asked me a couple questions. Once he's finished, she said, I want to hire you. I'm thinking, wait a minute. I've already been told don't go work for her, right? So, okay, but I need a job. And so I'm good because I'm willing to take a chance. Took the chance, got hired. Working for this woman impacted my entire life. She would walk into my classroom. Remember, first year teacher, you don't know what you're doing. You're still trying to figure it out. She would walk into my classroom. I'm about to lose my mind. I'll never forget it. She said, what is it that I need to do for you? I need some coke. I need, I, I, I need some, I, I'm just struggling. No, 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 no. So I come back to my classroom later on after it was probably lunch or whatever. There was a case of Coke. At that moment, it told me, I will get you anything you need. You make sure that you take care of the children in this classroom. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Okay. Okay. Time went on, years passed. She began to challenge me and she would always say, I believe in you because I struggled believing in myself. I believe in you. I need you to be over this. She giving me more responsibilities to do this. Do, do you know what kind of caliber of teacher you are? She continued to pour in me because remember, I, 
I didn't go to school for this. This isn't something that I ever wanted to do. But she believed in me. I soared to success. That campus was in um, D Magazine. It's one of the highest rated schools. We went from the bottom okay. to the top. We That's where okay. I learned how to truly lead and transform a school. Miss Halise Furtado is dead and gone today. And when I tell you that woman made such a dramatic impact on my life, it was a life-changing experience. I went in her office one day and she just looked at me. She said, are you okay? And I just poured down crying. What she did not know is that I had just had a fight at home the night before because I was a victim of domestic violence. Now, don't get me wrong, Paula, I fought back, right? Right, right, right. But that, that's what I was going through. And to be able to share everything just through my tears, I never said a word. And she looked at me and she said, it's time for you to go. You get your stuff and it's time for you to go. So she became even like this mother figure to me without me saying a word. I knew at that point, I wanted to be able to believe in other people like she had believed in me because she changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I knew that's what I had to do for other people that were coming behind.